Can hackers potentially use sound waves to launch cyber attacks on smartphones, medical devices, fitness trackers, and other devices? And if so, what sorts of potential security and safety risks might this threat pose? I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor of Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with cybersecurity expert Kevin Fu, Associate Professor of Electrical Engineering and Computer Science at the University of Michigan and Chief Executive Officer of security firm Verta Labs. Kevin will be discussing new research conducted by the University of Michigan and the University of South Carolina that demonstrates how sound waves can be used to attack vulnerabilities in sensors frequently used in smartphones, medical devices, fitness trackers, and other products. So now, Kevin, very briefly explain what your research looked at. For instance, what sorts of sensors did you look at, and why are they vulnerable to hacking by sound waves? Sure. So our group looked at a particular kind of sensor called the Capacitive MEMS Accelerometer. This is a computer chip that measures acceleration, So in other words, the change in rate of your velocity as movement is occurring, and it reports that movement to a a microprocessor. And what we looked at was the ability to trick these sensors into delivering false readings to the microprocessor by using sound waves. So Kevin, what sorts of medical devices, fitness devices, and other sorts of devices contain these sensors that are vulnerable to this sort of sound wave tampering? And what did you see when you tried to demonstrate that? The question about what medical devices contain these particular sensors is still an open question. What we do know is that these devices, these accelerometers, are advertised for use, for instance, in plantable medical devices Now, I don't think there's sort of a run for the hills event here. What we see here is that there's a risk. We have now discovered this particular risk, and so it's important to begin to mitigate it before the threats become practical. So at this point, are these risks something that medical device makers should be considering to address in their products or explore? Well, yes, this is now a risk that all manufacturers should be aware of. And in their hazard analysis, it has to be part of their cybersecurity risk management. So for instance, we've listed the names of the 20 accelerometers uh, where we have been able to change the output of the sensor. And in fact, in some devices we found, there is a speaker built in right next to the sensor, which means there is a remote ability to, to cause these change without the adversary even having to be near the chip. So what I would recommend to a manufacturer is first take a look at our list of accelerometers. And if you happen to be using one of these chips, contact the manufacturer of the chip uh, and ask them for specific parameters, including the resonant frequencies, to understand what are the risks and, and what are the mitigations. So now if these sensors were to be hacked by somebody who's malicious, what sorts of things could they do? Would it be something that would affect the integrity or the accuracy of these devices? Is it something that could cause harm? Is it something that could be used to launch other attacks on other systems? So the, the main hazard that one needs to worry about with this particular problem is the integrity and the availability uh, of the sensor. So researchers had already shown about two years ago, so this is well known, 
Uh, over two years ago, that sound waves can be used to disable certain accelerometers. What's new here is that it's now known that one can actually damage the integrity of, of the sensor reading. So, for instance, if you were trusting this reading to do something automated, such as a rate-adaptive pacemaker, perhaps changing based upon increased activity of the patient, you now need a second way to verify the integrity of that reading. So when it comes to sound waves potentially causing these sorts of problems through you know, a hacking sort of incident, could there be any sorts of incidents potentially that sound waves accidentally cause a problem if a person was to enter an environment, yeah, I don't know what kind of environment it might be, but you know, where these particular types of sound waves could affect the performance of these devices even unintentionally? You know, we had a manufacturer ask us that very question from a a different uh, market vertical, and they pointed out that at one point in the past, they had a supplier who was testing the horn in an automobile, and they found that while beeping the horn, uh, it had actually caused some of the sensors related to the automotive security systems to temporarily malfunction. That was an accident, and they weren't exactly sure why, but now they do. Now, in the case of our discovery, I think it's unlikely, fairly highly unlikely, that you'd need to worry about accidental sounds. Many of these sounds are rather high frequency. I think some of the lowest frequencies are around five kilohertz. Um, To give you an idea of the sound of that, that's well above the range of an opera singer. That's fairly high in terms of music, and it's sort of unlikely you'd just have a song playing this horrible sort of high high note. But that said, if, if you were near a source of extremely high frequency noise, maybe you're a musician, Maybe you're working with sort of synthetic music, heavy metal, really high frequency classical music, I suppose. There could be a moderate risk. However, the amplitude needs to be so high that I, I, think, I think the likelihood would be low of, of some kind of accidental interference. And I know you said that the research looked at a particular type of sensor. Is there a potential that other sensors in other devices could also be vulnerable to sound waves? That's correct. Um, We believe probably this is just the beginning. We liken it to describing not a particular flaw, but an entire class of flaws that have been baked into our systems for decades. We just haven't realized it. So there's nothing new here. The only thing new is that we've discovered why these flaws are causing problems in in all sorts of devices. And we're not just talking medical. We're talking about IoT uh, transportation. Some of these types of devices, fortunately, it appears not any of these specific chips, but there are these types of devices even in satellites. And as far as we know, have there been any actual attacks on these products using the sound waves? No, we're not aware of any attacks. So the good news is we appear to be sort of ahead of the curve. Now, the bad guys do tend to be ahead of the good guys, and they don't publish their work. So the good news is we have the time to be able to work this into hazard analysis to mitigate these risks. And again, I don't think this is a run for the hills event. This is more like discovering that oh, you know what? Germs are transferred uh, when you don't wash your hands. And so you don't need to worry about that so much as, you know, it's time to begin taking mitigating actions now that we understand the connections uh, of these risks to particular consequences. And at this point, are there any sort of mitigating actions that organizations that use these devices should take or even the, the, even the end user, the individual consumer perhaps? 
So in this case, it's a manufacturing issue. Just like uh, a consumer wouldn't be adding an airbag post-market to an automobile, this is something a manufacturer has to handle. Now, there's several things the manufacturer can do. One has to do with for instance, we found that foam is, is fairly effective if physically possible in the product to dampen some of these sounds. There's also a software approach. So in our laboratory, we designed a couple software approaches that mitigate many of the risks because it's an unusual security vulnerability that is what we call an emergent property of the system. The hardware combined with certain actions of the software enable us to deliver these chosen values to the microprocessor and so there's certain tricks you can do in the software to make it a lot harder for any kind of adversary to, to cause harm. In other words, the manufacturer can do a simple firmware update using some of our technology to mitigate many of these risks. And finally, Kevin, what comes next? Moving forward, is there action needed by the industry? What would you say is the next step in all of this? Well, I think we're still, I think, in the phase of understanding the problem. I think the next step is that manufacturers who use any kind of sensors need to stop for a moment, pause, and just remember that those sensors should not be treated as purely trustworthy, but instead you need a way to verify the integrity of the signals that you're delivering to the microprocessor. For years, manufacturers have been just blindly forwarding this information. Some of them do have ways to um, sort of weed out or perform what you might call a sanity check on these devices. But here's the problem. We're able to deliver signals that appear in the, the list of signals you would normally expect to see. So it's going to be much more difficult to do. This is a problem, again, that has been lurking uh, for decades in these types of systems. You know, patients are still far safer with medical devices than without. And although this vulnerability may sound scary, this is much more of a long-term issue than any kind of short-term risk. And it's just a hazard like any other. And security is a problem that we're going to have to continuously be vigilant about in the design of medical devices. Thanks, Kevin. I've been speaking to Professor Kevin Fu. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.